0: Well, over the past several weeks, we were doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Who's Your Daddy? Everyone say, Who's Your Daddy? And over that course of several weeks, we learned more about who your Heavenly Father is. We learned that your Heavenly Father is an encourager. He's a comforter. He's a God who tests us not to be cruel to us, but to bring out the best in us. If you believe that, say amen. He's a God who comforts us in our troubles. He's a God who speaks to us. And because we believe that, we're you know, absolutely excited for how people are experiencing more of their Heavenly Father here in this place. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have an awesome Heavenly Father. Amen. Here we're just a little bit less, a little bit less. Thank you so much. Today, we're starting something brand new that we're super, super excited about. This is a brand new series we're starting today and going to be doing over the next number of weeks. This series is called The Call. Everyone say The Call. This series is all about following Jesus. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what it means to follow Jesus. And this series is here to debunk some of those myths, some of those misconceptions people have about what it means to follow Jesus. Does it mean to follow Jesus, I need to pack up my bags and leave my family, go to Africa or some other third world place to make sure that I, you know, serve people that way? Does it mean uh, this or that? There's so many people who have misconceptions about what it means to follow Jesus. And because we're a church that wants to follow Jesus, amen? And so this, this series, is so very important as we look at different aspects of what it means to follow Jesus. I've been very, very blessed. This is a very interesting season for myself and Pastor Charlene. Uh, Pastor Charlene says hi by the way. She's right now taking care of our newborn baby who's now officially about uh, about what 17 days old, 17 days old. And so our house has been uh, quite a loud house these days. Uh, and for, for the first time, it's not because of me. Uh, I'm not the ma- major reason why it's a loud house. Uh, we've had a newborn who is still getting adjusted to life in this world. We're getting adjusted to having him in our world. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, but uh, praise God, uh, we are full of joy. I want to thank you guys for your prayers in the midst of this very, very cool, interesting season. You know, In the meantime, we are really, really blessed to have some very high caliber preachers who've been bringing God's word to us. If you bless- Say amen. One of them is here with us today. His name is Pastor Tim Ashoi. Pastor Tim uh, was with us earlier this month. We get to have him twice this month of July. We're always blessed when he's here. We're always blessed when his lovely wife Sandra is here. And to kick us off on this new series called The Call, what it means to follow Jesus, would you please give a very big hand to the one and only Pastor Tim Ashoi. Let's give him a big hand this morning and let's welcome to the stage. Praise God. Give him a big shout as well. Come on church.
1: Well, turn to somebody and say it's no accident that you're here this morning. Turn to somebody else and say Thrive is the place to be today. It really is. We love this church. We love, and church is people. And so we can genuinely say that we love you, the people of God, in, at Thrive And your pastors and leaders and workers, you're all great people. And uh, we're just honored once again to spend this time with you and enjoy the presence of God and what God is doing here at Thrive. We believe that, and this is said around here and say it before I even say it, the best is yet to come. Say it again. The best is yet to come. And, you know, when we are in Christ and we find him operative and moving in our lives, we know that is a fact, that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. And so when you begin your walk with Christ and in Christ, you have an exciting adventure that develops into something that is greater and greater. We truly believe that. And my wife and I have had the privilege of walking with God for many years. I fell in love with her when I was six years old. (laughs) We played together. She was five and I was six. And uh, then uh, as we became adults, I, I thought, well, maybe this should go a little further. And we decided that we would become, you know, official friends and then eventually we got married, and uh, we have served God with our lives together. And so we know a little. About this we know a little bit about the call of God, and what that entails in our lives. Uh, there are certain understandings that we need to have when it comes to following Jesus, and we find that in the Scripture. And we're going to look at that. Today, some basic scriptures around following God. Uh, Jesus came to make disciples or to make followers. He called men and women to follow him. And then after that, he turned to them and he said, You make followers of me. And so that's that's really the overall plan of God. Jesus calls people to be followers, and those followers call others to follow Jesus. It's that simple. And so we're going to look at this today just a little bit from the Gospels and all the, or at least some of what this entails. The call of God on a person's life is a very powerful thing. And when God calls an individual, when he calls you, you don't forget it. You remember that. And many times in our lives, maybe more than one time, but many times the call of God or the voice of God will speak to us and specifically call us to do certain things. I have come to believe that at one point or another... God speaks and calls every individual on the face of this earth. He has a call on every life. And people know down deep in their heart, this is a voice that is not an ordinary voice, but it is the voice of God. Or maybe you have not understood that to be the voice of God, but God does call individuals very specifically. The book of John... It is said that this is the true light that lights every man that comes into the world. I believe a God who is just and fair will put a call on every life. He'll shine his light for every man, every woman at some time, giving them an opportunity to respond and to follow him. I've talked to a lot of people in my lifetime and... You know, sometimes you wouldn't think that this person ever had an encounter with God, but then when you get a little deeper into their life and you walk with them a bit in life, while they may not appear to be Christian on the outside or that that the call of God was in their life, you discover that somewhere along the life, uh, along the way, God spoke into their life. There's a gentleman here in this community at I wondered, you know, if God had ever spoken to him in his life. And I discovered that on many accounts, God came to him and spoke to him and touched his life. That's our God. He comes and he calls many individuals. He calls all of us at different times. And this calling comes in different ways. His call came to the Apostle Paul when he was on the road to Damascus. He was not in a good spiritual state when he was called by God. However, God came and spoke to him and a bright light came upon him and this was what arrested the Apostle Paul. He said in his own testimony of his own conversion, he says, I was apprehended by God. God laid hold of my life at that very time. So he went on to say, after the call in Acts chapter 28, he said, After that call came, he said, I was not disobedient unto this heavenly calling. God called, he responded. And he was not disobedient, and that call developed into his life to make him the man that he would be, and the many, many millions of people that he would influence with his messages and with, vo- with the word that God gave to him. Abraham had a different kind of a call. While he was in a strange country, a, a land that was not a land ruled by God, so to speak. But nevertheless, God gave him a call. And he said, I'm going, to show you a, I'm going to show you a land. I'm going to give you a vision. And God did give him a vision. God spoke to him and he said, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven as the sand of the sea. And Abraham began to follow God. Very interesting. We find people like Nehemiah. He was a king's cupbearer. and He was busy with his job. And then he became very gripped with the condition of, of the city of Jerusalem when he saw the walls were broken down and the city was not all that it could be or should be. And... He finds himself arrested by the Spirit of God. Something moves him in his heart and in his spirit. And he fasts and prays for five months. And he becomes this man who becomes this great leader. Just a king's cupbearer, but he becomes a great leader to build the walls of Jerusalem so that there could be peace in that nation and that nation could return to the order that it had been called to. Other instances, people like a a little maid who worked with this strong leader called Naaman who had leprosy. It was in Elijah's time. And we discover that there was this little girl that had a call on her life to encourage this man to follow the prophet's instructions. That was the call of God, for her to do something special. I don't believe that this man would have come into all that he came into had it not been for the encouragement of this little maid. You might say, I'm just a little person off in a corner. My call's not that important. No, every person's call, even to do the smallest of things, is very, very important. The calling that God has on your life is significant to the overall plan of God in the earth. You're not just a nobody. You are a somebody that God wants to use very specially, even though it might seem you're just operating in a small way. It's a big thing. Small ways, small things can become big things when God is in that plan and part of what is happening. Whatever God calls us to is important. More important than anything is hearing the voice of God and obeying that. Whatever he says to us, we should do it. Whether it's big or small, let's obey the voice of God. Just last week, somebody told me a story of someone in Calgary. This person in Calgary, from many people's viewpoint, would seem to be the kind of person that, well, they wouldn't have a great influence. They couldn't do a lot. They had a type of handicap in their life and socially somewhat rejected by the general, general populace. And God spoke to this young man and said, I want you to obey my voice, and if you do that, I will multiply and I will bless that. In order to kind of have a little bit of money, a little bit of extra money, he would pick up pop cans. And just use that for himself, you know, to have some spending money. But God spoke to him and he said, If you will do this for me and, as, and unto me, I will expand this. I found this very interesting story. So he obeyed God. And he started to put that money toward purchasing Bibles... One of the poorest countries in the world where they do not have, where the average person does not have a Bible. And they need help to get a Bible. And he started collecting collecting cans and bottles and he saved that money. And then more than that, he said, you know, God spoke to me about doing this. Would you like to help me with uh, maybe bringing some bottles to the church and some cans And uh, this young man inspired a few other people and I discovered by the story that this young man at the end of one year was able to give $4,000 by collecting cans and bottles for the distribution of Bibles to a poor country. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing how God can can use an individual who doesn't seem to have great capabilities to give away $4,000 in one year just through a simple act of obedience where God said, would you give that money to help distribute Bibles? Turn to somebody and say, I think that's great. It is great, isn't it? It's great how God can use an individual who might seem so weak, so incapable, but nevertheless probably give more than the average Christian would give for the distribution of Bibles in a year. If I were to ask for a raise of hands, I would I would venture to say that there's probably not a lot of us that raised four thousand dollars for Bibles to be given away in this audience, but this person in their weakness was able to do it. You see, that was the call of God on his life at that, at that point. Many years ago, I was in high school. There's certain things you, you remember in your life, and I think I was in about grade 11 in high school, and a, a group of believers from a Bible college, it was a Lutheran Bible college, actually, in Saskatchewan, were touring, and somehow they got an opening to come into a a public high school, and uh, they sang songs, and then the preacher got up, who was leading that group, and he, He shared on the call of God. Now, that's many years ago. You know, when you consider that was high school for me, uh, because I was born around the time that Noah was born. That's a long time ago. And and, uh, I remember that message like yesterday. You know, it it wasn't the kind of church group that, I related to growing up in. That's irrelevant. But this man had a word from God, I believe, when he spoke on the call of God, and he just went down the line in scriptures and how God called people. And I remember sitting there as a young high school student, knowing that God was once again speaking to my heart that I had a call on my life. Because when I was about five years of age, I felt that God was calling me specifically to do things for him and to serve him with my life. It was like I was apprehended in my heart by that message, and I will never forget that. You may be sitting here this morning, and just as this message is going out, something is stirring in you, and you know it's a god stir. He's calling you to certain things in your life. And if you will respond to that, there's no telling where God will take you. So the call of God came to my life at an early age, but it was stirred again and again. You see, God is gracious. He initially calls us, but then he comes and he reminds us, and he stirs our hearts again and We know on the inside of us, yes, this is the voice of God. And we yield to it. If we're wise, we yield to it and allow God to take us where he wants to take us. I believe that God may be speaking to you today about this very thing. And in due time, it will unfold. Some people, as your pastor mentioned, you know, have different ideas about the call of God and so on. You know, when you see, receive a call of God, it's going to be good to go to some remote area or whatever. But if you, if you analyze in Scripture some of the different calls that people had, God called individuals like Abraham to follow him. But, you know, Abraham was actually, he was a businessman. He, he had a lot of enterprises going on some of the different ones you read of in in the bible like like job he had a call on his life and 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 his life served very very special purposes but there was a a divine element to what he was doing with his life and in his life paul the apostle even did everything from tent making to traveling to Preaching the gospel and then spending time in jail. I mean, what a life he had. Bottom line is, we have a place in this world that God has called us to fill. And no one else can fill it. I like the song by Michael W. Smith, Place in This World, that really reiterates that so much. There is so much to unpack regarding this subject of the call of God and what it means to follow Jesus. Finding and doing the will and plan of God for our lives is of utmost importance. We realize that there are basic things in the call of God that we develop and we find ourselves disciplined in like reading the Bible, praying, fellowshipping, and being obedient, and Tithing and giving, and as 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 all a part of the call of God in our life. The ensuing weeks, I am sure, will be of great help to you to unpack what is understood in regards to following Jesus. I want to take you to a couple of key scriptures uh, today, and first of all, we're going to look at Mark chapter Mark chapter one verses sixteen to twenty-two. Mark 1, 16 to 22. And maybe we could read this together. Let's read it together. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in a boat and the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority not as the teachers of the law. I want to talk, uh, just mention a few things about this verse. Number one, Jesus came unannounced to these people. There was no forewarning. I believe that God loves to surprise us in our lives. He likes to come on the scene of our lives when we, when we we are least expecting it. And oftentimes when the call of God comes to individuals, It comes in that way. didn't expect it. Number two, in this instance, people were not seeking God, yet Jesus called. You know, sometimes we think we initiate the call of God by, by being religious or whatever the case might be. But in this instance, again, we find that they were not seeking God, but yet Jesus called. Number three... They were in the normal routines of life working when he approached them. They were doing what they normally did in their life. And then Jesus comes upon them at that time. Number four, they were not perfect when the call came. You know, some people think, you know, if God's going to call me, I've got to be perfect. You know, I've got to be this uh, super spiritual person. No, God comes to us as we are. He calls imperfect people. Uh, They were in need of discipling and training. Therefore, he called them to follow. God calls us to be disciples. He calls us to be disciplined ones, one who will be disciplined by the master and prepared for the things that he has called us to. And so first they were followers, and then later they would become leaders. Number five. They drop everything, and they follow. In other words, everything else becomes inferior where the call of God becomes superior immediately. I find this rather interesting. Uh, Jesus, when his voice comes, his voice is very strong. His voice is very, very powerful. And it says immediately, say immediately, immediately they left what they were doing and Jesus became the priority of their lives. What they were doing was no longer the priority. Jesus was the priority. That was not to say that at some point they would not be doing that secondary thing in their life, but Jesus became the number one priority. When the call of God comes, He is number one. Number six, they follow. They immediately follow... And then they are taught by Jesus. They get immersed into the life of Christ and what Jesus is doing. They learn some of the great teachings of Jesus. They listen to him as they they walked with him and as they followed him. Then number seven, they moved into power ministry with Jesus. I want to just dwell on that for, for a moment today. What they gained was not just intellectual, but they actually got involved with in a practical way with healing people, casting out devils. That sounds really scary, but it's what they were doing. And all that Jesus was doing and teaching, they got involved in it in that. That's what the call of God involves. Jesus wants to bring us into a hands-on ministry turn to somebody and say hands-on ministry they moved into power ministry with Jesus you know sometimes uh, you know and I'm guilty of this as a leader in the church you know we just do our church stuff but we're not doing the Jesus stuff Turn to somebody and say, I want to do the Jesus stuff. And the Jesus stuff is about healing people. Jesus commanded those disciples to, to heal the sick. And this is really scary. And he said, go raise the dead as well. Turn to somebody and say, I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> dead people walking. I have numerous accounts in our life and ministry of of seeing people and hearing of people being raised from the dead it happens today it happens in our world as we walk with Jesus we can expect those kind of things and so they moved into this power ministry with Jesus but the big thing was he said leave your nets and become fishers of men See, it's all about evangelism. It's all about us reaching people to become disciples so that they might become disciple-makers. See, you don't just become a disciple to become a disciple. You become a disciple to become a disciple-maker. Hello. That's what it's about. So the disciple-making is not all up to Pastor JB and and the small group leaders and the leaders in the church, the disciple-making is up to all of us. And that's where we experience exponential growth in the church as, as everybody becomes a disciple and a disciple-maker. We make disciples of our children. Consider that as one of the projects of your life. The call of God is to be a disciple, but also to disciple your family. And then disciple others that God will bring into your, into your life. And, and it can be done even in a low-key way, but God gives you a, a, a grace that you might lead others to do what he wants you to do in this world. So they became fishers of men. In the end... They would do greater things, John chapter 14, 12, greater works. Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to empower my disciples to be great disciple makers. Awesome. As we draw this to a conclusion today, as Jesus is coming to you, are you willing and ready to be trained and used of him? That's the big question. And we know that the cost is really high. Matthew chapter 10 talks about the cost of of being a disciple. It's about losing your life. Losing your life. Jesus said on one occasion, if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. He said you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That seems like such a big thing. There's another side to this. The cost is high, but the reward is very great. In Mark chapter 10... Jesus says, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters, mother or father, or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much. Say that with me. A hundred times as much. Say it one more time. A hundred times. Times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and then it's this little additional blessing along with persecutions. Turn to somebody and say, along with persecutions. In the age to come, eternal life. The list of benefits is awesome. Following the call, hearing the call, following his voice, and what he's asking us to do, and becoming a disciple of Jesus. Oh, the cost might seem high at first, but the yield is a hundredfold. And so many, so many wonderful people that you will meet in life as you engage yourself in the purposes of God. Sandra and I were, as I mentioned before, we were young people when we committed our lives to serve God. And actually... um, We left our family. It was just the way God called us. We left our family. We moved a 1,000 miles away from where we had been raised. And we moved to this city where we really didn't know anybody. Seemed like a crazy thing to do. But God was calling us to do that. Now, looking back after many years, we could have said, you know, we didn't, weren't close to, our kids weren't close to their grandparents. We didn't know, we didn't hardly have any time with our our parents, our brothers and sisters. We were separated by a thousand miles, and of course, once a year or whatever, we would try to make a point of visiting or whatever. And the call of God was was fairly strong on our life to do this this thing that seemed so out of the ordinary. But we look back now and we think, wow, God gave us friends and he gave us family and we still had our family even though we were separated. Bottom line, I want to say to you this morning, the call of God is worth it. To obey God and his call, it's worth it. Yeah, there might be some persecution, some difficulty. But it's worth it. The worship team is going to come and lead us.
0: And we all have Pastor JB. Take it from him. Let me just say this one thing before we lead you guys in prayer. Is that when I think about a call that changed my life. Um, admittedly, I, you know, there's a part of me that does think about the call of God on my life and, and just becoming a pastor all that stuff. But the one call that really changed my life that I also think about was the call that I once made uh, about 18 years ago to ask Charlene to be my girlfriend. And I remember it was on long distance that we did it. And I remember I was super nervous, so nervous that at first I I didn't want to do it. And at first I, I hung up a couple times in the middle of our conversation, going, "Ah, uh, let me ask you tomorrow." And she had no idea what I was asking about. But I just I just really was kind of struggling with you know giving that invitation to Shara and saying not, you know, "Will you marry me?" But just, "Would you would you consider praying about whether we're meant to be married? Would you consider?" Being my girlfriend, and we'll do this long distance, and maybe it won't always be long distance, but one day we'll be together. And and I remember, you know, when I finally made that call after watching I think two or three Jet Li movies to just get me revved up to, to ask this brave question. I, I finally asked her and said, Char, like, I, I I this has been taking me some time to muster up the courage to, to ask you, but would you would would you would you please would, would you just consider praying about whether we're meant to be married?" And I'm not. I know that's not the typical pickup line for most people. But that was my pickup line for her because, you know, she was in that place and I was in that place where we didn't want to mess around anymore. We'd made too, too many mistakes in the past and, and realized, that, you know, if we want to do this, we want to do it right. And so I, I asked her the question and, and, you know, she said this, is that, you know, actually, uh, JB, uh, this is something I've been uh, wanting to tell you. Is that It takes a lot of courage for you to ask a question like this. Um, and I was like, oh, no, it's a no for sure. It's a no for sure. It's a no for But, then she said, but you know, in fact, I've actually been praying about this as well. And my answer is yes. And um, that, that answer to that question changed my life. That call changed my life. And it wasn't immediately the call of saying, we're going to be husband and wife now. It was just, we're going to take one step. And the reason why I mention that today is because you might have this idea that the call of God is something where you have to be able to figure it all out and then say yes. But I'm here to tell you today is that the call of God is a step-by-step process. The call of God is a journey of a thousand baby steps that you take. You don't have to have it all figured out. All you need to know is there's one step forward that you can take. My question for you today is, what is that next step forward that you need to take? Maybe for you it's to say, I'm going to commit to going to church on Sundays. I'm here for the first time. I want to keep on coming. Maybe that next step for you is to get baptized. You've always been dancing around the idea of baptism, thinking it's such a scary thing when it's simply you saying, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. Maybe that's your next step, to get baptized. Maybe that next step is to join us Small group because all this time you've been coming to church on Sundays, but you've never been part of a small group where you can really find encouragement and support and give encouragement and support. Maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe that next step is to finally go on that short-term mission trip that you've been thinking about. Maybe that first that, that, that next step is to break off that relationship you know it's not best for you. Maybe it's to say yes to that relationship that you know is best for you. What is that next step that God is calling you to take? If you want to take that next step with God, then with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to encourage you right now, if you want to take that next step with God, then I'm going to encourage you just to raise your hand to heaven on the count of three. And whatever that next step may be, whether it's to get baptized or to say, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this Christianity thing a little bit more. Or it's to say, I'm going to commit to church and come to church on Sundays. and going to block off that time. Or it's to say, I'm going to join a small group, whatever it might be. If you're willing to take that next step, then I believe that that all is, it all starts there. Saying, God, I'm willing. God, I surrender to that next step. I'm not necessarily surrender to everything, but I surrender to the next step. And if that's you in this place, on the count of three, why don't you raise your hand in this place. We're gonna pray with you and for you today. On the count of one, two, three, why don't you raise your hand in this place. If you're willing to take that next step with Jesus today and say, God, I'm not sure about step three, five, six, nine, 10, 12 down the road, but I, I know this, I'm willing to take that next step. I wanna take that next step with you. If that's you, why don't you lift your hand to heaven today. Let the height of your hand reflect your willingness to say, God, I wanna answer that part of the call. I wanna answer that step step that you're calling me to take. Why don't you lift your hand today and why don't you just start praying to God today and saying, God, I'm willing. God, I'm available. God, I wanna know what that next step is I wanna do that next step. Why don't you start praying to God right now in your own heart, in your own words. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You just start talking to God today. Maybe to forgive that person. That you, that's been hurting you. Maybe some move on from that hurt that's been haunting you. Just start talking to God in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're here in this place today. Thank you that you are calling, that Jesus is calling. We welcome you today. Say there's none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray for you today. I just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are calling every single person here. And your word already says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, all that you have in mind for those who love you and who, those you love, whom you love. We can't presume to know everything that you have planned for us. But what we can do is to be available to you believing that every time you ask us to take a next step, it's for our good, it's for your glory, and the best is yet to come. That you are a loving Heavenly Father who never asks us to take a step that's gonna hurt us. You ask us to take steps that are gonna help us and propel us to the destiny you have for our lives. And so for every single person here who's wrestling with the next step, whether it's to get baptized next step baptism next service or to join a small group or to commit to church, or to exploring this faith thing called Christianity a little bit more. Father God, would you help them to take that next step this week? Would you help them to take that next step with courage, with surrender in their heart, with adventure and faith in their heart, being willing to take that risk with you, knowing that you are a good God and that the best is yet to come. We pray all of your blessing on everybody here, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Let's thank Jesus in this place.